We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me now is the person who won't be named on my radio show, Chris Biederman. And we're going <laughs> to, it's a running bit. It's a running bit. Whenever I bring up Candlestick Chronicles, that's this podcast, FYI. Whenever I bring up Candlestick Chronicles, I say, me and my co host, who shall remain nameless. And everybody is that knows true? you, but yeah, well, I don't have that's to, amazing. I can, I can, I can say your name. I just don't right. because it's right. funny. So that's, that's, well, and right I may or may not be, be getting paid by another radio station in town. That's not yours. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of it. Uh, at least I don't call you Benedict Biederman like Damien does. So does he? I just, yeah, it's a bit. Uh, it's all a bit. Everybody knows. Oh, everybody man. knows what the deal is. Oh man. Everybody have to knows. talk to him. <laughs> uh, what are we? Uh, lamb chops. That's our. That's who we're sponsored by. Lamb chops. SGLambchops.com. That's the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. They have a sick new line out right now. You can check out that line uh, at their website, SGLambchops.com, or you can pop over to Instagram and check out the photos there. They got some reels up that that show it off, uh, styled up real nice. And if you use the promo code Candlestick twenty at SGLambchops.com. You can get 20% off your order today, just in time for the holidays. Go get yourself something nice and warm and comfortable and high quality. Get your friends, family, deck them out in lamb chops, and they're going to look dope. And if there's anything that you can do for your family and your friends this holiday season, please, please make sure they look dope. I Absolutely. think it's the most important thing. I, one thing we don't talk about lamb chops enough is the fact that I think all their clothes are unisex. Yes. So, um, yeah, if if you or someone else in your life wants some super sick shorts or sweatpants or T-shirts, uh, it's not just limited to menswear. Um, obviously, anybody can wear it. So um, shout out to the to our, our female listeners. We've gotten we've gotten hit up on uh, with the Spotify wraps this week by some female listeners. It's been great. So shout out to them. And uh, we very much appreciate everyone's support, including, of course, our friends at Lamb Jobs. Definitely appreciate uh, all y'all and lamb chops. Candlestick twenty is the promo code at sglambchops.com. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. It's good ass beer, dude. What do you want? What do you want from me? Cooper'sBrewing.com is the website. You can order a case of beer there if you're 21 and up and in the state of California. They will deliver that directly to your front door. It's the single best way to acquire beer. I've acquired beer in a lot of different ways and having it show up on my porch where I sign for it and then bring it in the house is the best way, like by a lot. So don't ask me to rank the other ways because I'm not going to because that one's at the top and that's all that matters. And you can order yours at cooperagebrewing.com or you can go hang out at the brewery. Chris, you were just there, right? I was there over the weekend. It was uh, outstanding as always. It was good to see some folks. It was good to drink some um, some Keg Slayer. Picked up some Candy Cron. Picked up some um, Moment of Truth, which is a favorite of ours, of course. Um, they have some merch that's really cool. Uh, some new merch. But their merch is they like for a brewery. They got some really really solid merch. You might see my uh, my hat. I think this is a uh, a first edition. This wow. is a th- this design is is after the giant mural they have. Um, they have some cool art in there, of course. So um, yeah. shout out to everyone at, at Cooperage. I love the idea that you totally fabricated going there this weekend. 
I know you didn't, <laughs> did not. but the idea, but the idea that you're like, yeah, I was there this weekend. I'm like, what? We hung out this weekend. We were not. I just, <laughs> the idea that made me laugh, but no, you're definitely um, up there. And I highly advise anybody who's in the general vicinity of Cooperage to go hang out there. It's a great spot. I was watching the news last night, as I typically do at around 11 o'clock on Channel 3. God, you're so, I, I wonder why. <laughs> and high quality one of reporting the, coming out of there. High, of the, the highest the highest reporting, just so much talent over there at KCRA. <laughs> um, but the there was a report about Santa Rosa being the drunkest city in um, in California, and that twenty three percent of people who live in Santa Rosa say they drink in excess. Uh, and so I think that's up from like sixteen percent of the state average or something. When the beer's as good as Cooperage, you know why. This, this is very this is very easy to figure out um when you have when you have beer as phenomenal as cooperage's beer mm. it's gonna lend to people overindulging and of course we want everyone to drink safely never get behind the wheel if you've had any um you know drink responsibly all of those things but i just thought i'd point it out i think it just speaks to the overall quality of the product they're putting out there at cooperage you should have led with that that should have just been the whole ad. Probably. Alas. Drink Cooperage, cooperagebrewing.com. All right, let's talk Niners Eagles. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Pause everything, bro. This just came across the Twitter. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> what happened? From Anthony Slater of The Athletic. He covers oh, no. the Warriors. He also covers the Sacramento Kings. Andrew Wiggins slammed a car door on his right index finger this morning. Had difficulty shooting this morning. Out tonight. Oh, dear. That's how the Warrior season's going. Luckily, that doesn't impact my prize picks. More on prize picks later. Anyways. There had been rumors going around. Um, obviously, Andrew Wiggins dealt with some off-the-court stuff that has not been disclosed. But there had been, I think, a feeling going around that that stuff had not been entirely resolved. Or at least the way Andrew Wiggins had felt about those things had not necessarily been resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do wonder if if any of this stuff is... is Like, is it related was this out of frustration or was it just a pure accident? Um, I don't want to speculate, but it's not been going great. <laughs> Slamming your finger in a car door is the PC version of shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, it's just very literal. Yeah. And man, what a tough, what a tough season start to the year for, for the Warriors. Anyways, the 49ers, on the other hand, um, dealing with an injury of their own, Eric Armstead is dealing with a foot injury. I don't think it's because he slammed it in a car door. I'd be that willing to bet a, a good amount of money that that's not the case, but we can't confirm that, so we'll leave it on the table. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, and I know Eric Armstead isn't like leading the team in sacks or anything, and he's not He's not maybe the, the peak defender he was in, in 2018 and 2019, specifically against the run, but he's still an excellent player. And not the kind of player you want to be missing against a team like the Eagles. He's tied for second on the Niners in run stops, according to Pro Football Focus. He has 36 pressures. That's the third most on the team. He's their third highest graded defender overall. He's just a really, really solid defensive tackle. And against a running team like Philly, where their quarterback is super mobile and DeAndre Swift is really good, and then they have their their variety of reserves who come in and, and spell Swift that would be a pretty significant absence if Armstead isn't able to go on Sunday. Um, I'm scrolling through Twitter because I'm trying to find out where to find it. Uh, Cam Inman said um, that Eric, Eric Armstead spoke at his locker today and he said that he he's, sounds like he's going to play. I hope For so. whatever that's worth. Um, I've had a very 
I've had a very prominent player in the locker room before tell me he was going to play. Uh, and then a few days later did not play. And I reported that the player was playing. Um, didn't go well for me because you figured, you know, that player would be a good source. But it's a good lesson in journalism that sometimes it's not always up to these players. It can be up to uh, members of the training staff or other people within the organization. Um, so just, you know, but I it, I do think Armstead is the type of – I think Armstead's word carries a little bit more weight than this player that I dealt with at that time uh for whatever that's worth so um i, I think uh I, I do think there's a good chance that that armstead's going to be true to his word and play barring a setback so it would definitely be a notable absence particularly you're talking about a guy who would be front and center for a lot of the eagles short yardage stuff right a lot yep. of tush pushy things would be happening in eric armstead's vicinity <laughs> and uh and he would be a guy combating against that right up front so yeah you would maybe if you're the 49ers you you definitely want him in there maybe more kevin givens is good though you mentioned it yesterday like low man wins right and kevin givens 6-1 285 is your are you workshopping a take that kevin givens is better for this game than eric armstead look i'm not saying that I'm just saying that when, if you're going to be serious about this analysis stuff, you have to go matchup by matchup. And <laughs> when you start trying to fit the puzzle pieces together, I just think it might fit a little better with Kevin Givens in the lineup. <laughs> That's my big bold. Not, all the stuff that you could talk about with Niners Eagles. And I'm like, let's talk backup defensive tackles. <laughs> it's really break down Kevin Givens leverage in this one. No, so. So hopefully for Eric Armstead's sake, that foot's not too bad and, and he's able to play. And the 49ers would would certainly love to have him in the lineup. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod and, and Jordan Mason, good Lord, are also not practicing Wednesday and Thursday. So their statuses for Friday or for, for Sunday are also up in the air. We'll learn more on Friday though. So keep an eye out for those injury reports and, and their Spencer Burford, Sunday. Spencer Burford limited with a knee injury as well. Yeah, that's an that's interesting because he missed week twelve in Seattle. But Shanahan said if it was a Sunday, he'd probably play. So I guess there, he practiced Monday in the bonus practice, which is a good sign. And I would be pretty surprised if he's not like a full participant and a a go for Sunday. Yeah. So. That's right. I wonder if it would be a scenario where he's rotating out at right guard because we know how much Kyle Shanahan loves to have a rotating yeah, why would, right guard. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, <laughs> do it at other positions, so why not? Let's do that. John Feliciano and Spencer Burford in there, mixing it up. Feliciano's been mostly fine, right? Been like, really he hasn't good, yeah. Been, yeah, he's been fine. Particularly at left guard, but yeah. I'm, I think that's definitely one of the big, like, concerns though as we start diving into this game for real is you mentioned it yesterday every big game the Niners have played they've gotten derailed because of interior defensive line play it was Chris Jones in the Super Bowl it was Aaron Donald in the NFC championship game last year's NFC title game I, I kind of throw out the window but if you're dealing with a, a banged up Spencer Burford or you're rotating in Burford and Feliciano and it's a whole mess. That's the kind of thing that in a game that I expect to be close, that's where on the margins, the Niners could lose that battle consistently and have it really impact the outcome of the game. The Eagles do have one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, that's more or less about their interior defensive line. Mm -hmm. They're not so good on the edges, which right. is a little bit weird, right? Like, our, our team are are their defensive tackles that dominant that maybe they prevent running plays from getting to the edges as often as as they normally would or I, I don't know I, I don't have like a good explanation for that one but I think the Niners offensive line is far better like I was looking today they're 28th in pass block grade on PFF mm -hmm. and they're fourth in run block grade mm-hmm and the Niners run the ball at the highest rate in the league, or at least they have throughout most of the season, right? Like Brock yeah. Purdy has thrown the fewest pass attempts of 
of any starter who's appeared in every game this season. Um, and some that of that game script, obviously. One of my preseason takes was that the Niners were going to finish in the top half of pass attempts this year. Well, they've uh, they've been leading a lot, and they they have a guy named Christian McCaffrey who's been pretty good for them so far. Yeah, he's alright. So, um, but when it comes to when it comes to the interior, I think that's really going to be the thing. It's like can can like the Eagles could wreck the game up front in the mm-hmm. same way that that the I mean the Eagles have a better shot at wrecking the game up front than the Niners do just because the Eagles offensive line is better. I, right. So like that it, things could go sideways quickly if the Eagles dominate up front, because I think if it's just about like, if, if you're allowing plays to develop, if you're the Eagles de- defense and you're allowing mm-hmm. the 49ers to execute what they do well, um, then you're not you're not going to have any chance to beat San Francisco, I don't think. But yeah. if you can disrupt them and push a guard back into Brock Purdy, or just disrupt the timing of a handoff, or even one of those, you know, play action one way, uh, mm-hmm. pop pass, jet sweep the other way, like you can disrupt those plays with penetration. I think that's that's more or less what worked. You remember in the Cleveland game with Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah. They were just destroying the 49ers interior yeah. and it made executing everything the Niners wanted to do nearly impossible. And that's, that is really the soft point of the 49ers offense is if you can get early penetration on the interior, you can not only disrupt Brock Purdy um, just with pass pass rush, mm-hmm. but if you disrupt the running game, then all of a sudden it makes things a whole lot harder for the 49ers. So that's, that to me is, is, the focal point for this game and it speaks to you know is Spencer Burford going to play is he 100% do they even want him in there over John Feliciano like that's that'll be interesting to see um but to me there's no version of the 49ers winning this game if they get worked up front in the same way Dalvin Tomlinson worked him in Cleveland a few uh, what a month ago two months ago yeah like and ideally they'd l- learn something from that game right and game plan around that I expect I'm expecting to see on some of those misdirections where they try and do something that forces those defensive linemen to second guess, even just for half a step where maybe it's a motion across and there's a fake handoff on the motion that causes the lineman's eyes to move. So the actual handoff has time to get outside or, um, if it's throwing a lot first and basically using the pass to set up the run. Um, I, I think that's, that's an effective something that, that the, I think that's a way the 49ers can be effective. Jesus. So I think they have, they have different things they can do with, you know, pulling George Kittle and, and um, not relying so much on their interior holding up to let these, long developing run plays happen. So I, I also, I also think, and we'll get to this in, in prize picks. I think you're going to see a lot of like quick throws and screens where like the broadcasters always say, Oh, it's like the extended run game, but it's, it's like, no, it's a screen or it's a pass. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, that's another thing they can do too, is just out of shotgun, swing it out real quick to McCaffrey or Debo or whoever it is and and see if they can create after the catch do you want to dive into what's on tap yeah let's talk about what's on tap that's sponsored by Cooperage Brewing shout out love Cooperage I think Brock Purdy is going to have a good game okay I'm not concerned really at all about Purdy meeting the moment or Philly's defense just swarming and just being overwhelming in, in ways that, that Purdy's just not ready for. Because I don't think the Eagles defense is that this year. They piled up the sack numbers like crazy last year, and they're still good up front. Like this is not to say the Eagles defense sucks, but they're just more mortal this year than than I think they were a season ago. So I think the Niners felt like they had something last season. I know that Philly has since changed defensive coordinators, the personnel's changed a, a little bit, 
but I think they're going to lean more on Brock Purdy for some of the reasons we just mentioned, but I think they're going to lean more on Purdy than, than the Eagles might, might think. And I think you're going to see Purdy meet the moment. He's going to have a really good game. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I do wonder about the rain. I think the, I think Mm. the rain could be, could be a serious impediment, um, particularly given how it looked in Cleveland. I hate to keep mentioning that Cleveland game, but I do think there are similarities given the opponent and what the weather could potentially look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm with you. Like I, the the Brock Purdy thing, I think people are starting to realize, like, okay, he's actually good. Like he's actually yeah. playing at a really high level. Like, yeah, both things can be true. He's in an ideal situation, and he's also operating at an extremely high level. I think people are finally understanding that and when you make throws like he did in the Seahawks game or at least at the end of the Seahawks game that touchdown then it's like okay this feels this feels real when you're watching a dude throw dots like that to like the one mm-hmm. to Brandon Ayuk so um but yeah with like it feels like we haven't had that signature Brock Purdy arrival in terms of like national consciousness type game yeah right it's always and whether that's coming through in the clutch, like we've talked about a lot, coming from behind, um, you know, making making big plays and big moments. Like, we haven't really seen that from Brock Purdy because, like, we've been talking about the 49ers all week. They've had so many blowouts, and they've been playing really well, but in large part, it's like get ahead in the first or second quarter and then stay ahead and right. ended up just choking a team out as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for Brock Purdy to change the narrative. I don't know how much that really matters, like in the grand scheme of things, how much it matters to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it would it would give the 49ers a different type of momentum. Like they believe in Brock Purdy. They know they can win with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would it would, I think, change the feeling in the building if it was Brock Purdy goes to Philadelphia and then carries a team to a big win rather than Brock Purdy being along for the ride. Right. Like the, it sort of feels like for a while it's been okay. Brock Purdy's sort of along for the ride. He's not the conductor yeah. of, right. the, of the train. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. I think he's there. Like he's, he's certainly capable. I don't think the Eagles defense outside of their front four is all that good. Like Darius Slay's good. I don't think the safeties are very good and I don't think their linebackers are very good. And we sure. know what Kyle Shanahan does in the middle of the field when he feels like he could take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes back to like stopping the defensive line. What the 49ers do so well is is just confuse defenses even before the snap and, and put themselves in advanta- advantageous situations before the ball is snapped, right? It's mm-hmm. motion. It's changing the look. It's figuring out whether the defense is in man or zone. Mm-hmm. Can the Eagles counter that by disguising? Or are the Niners just going to run so many motions that the Eagles are going to have to react? And then you you basically, as the offense, dictate what the defense is going to do or at least what look you get, right? Yeah. And I think Brock Purdy benefits from that a lot. So yeah. that, to me, that that's like the, in, I don't know, inside baseball, chess game, whatever other <laughs> sure. sport or game cliche sure. you want to throw out there. Yeah. But I, I to your point, like, I think Brock Purdy's up for the moment for sure. Yeah, I I would I think there's this and we talked about this a, a little bit on on yesterday's podcast so I don't want to get into this too much but I think there's this perception that Brock Purdy just got his ass kicked in the NFC title game last year and just wasn't he played six plays. And then he on the play he got hurt that was a fluke injury. Guys get hit while they're throwing all the time and his UCL just happened to explode. It wasn't like he got hit so many times that he just couldn't come back into the game and, oh, my God, what are they going to do? He looked comfortable. He looked ready. And the couple of throws that he did need to make, he made them. The 49ers were convinced they were going to win that game. They were very, very convinced that they had something on the Eagles defense. So I I would expect them to have something similar this year. And the Eagles defense feels worse this year, like pretty considerably worse. And Fletcher Cox might not play. I know he's not like Jalen Carter's better than him already, but yeah, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, Cox yeah, is... hasn't practiced yet this week. I do worry about from the Niners' perspective, like what Hassan Reddick looks like against Colton McKivitz. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the other issue here. And I think that's where just straight outside zone runs, like tosses and just quit just trying to get to the edges and forcing Reddick to I mean, trying to slow him down at least a little bit. Can Colton be McKivitz a- be better than whatever tight end it was that was trying to block him last year. Niners are going to be running left a lot. Yeah. I think that's probably right. And if they run right, it'll be as a misdirection off a look that's designed to go left. Or it could be one of those ones where you're, it's designed to not block the, the end, let him get upfield and then just run right past him. Yeah. Or like read him based on which direction he goes, you go the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, but that that's one. I mean, the rain too. I don't know. I think that I think the rain. Could, I think the rain could make things a little bit interesting. Yeah, for sure. If Brock Purdy can't grip the ball and it's just flying out of his hands like it was in Cleveland, then that's obviously bad. It feels like he's going to throw a pick in this game, and it's just going to be the end of the goddamn world, where the discourse just goes off the rails entirely. Especially if it's raining. Particularly if it's raining. I mean that because of the rain. Yeah, we'll but, see. Yeah. I don't know. That's what's on tap. A big Brock Purdy game. What's on tap brought to you by Cooper's Brewing. Visit cooperagebrewing.com and also visit the brewery out there in Santa Rosa. What about defensively for the Niners? I think Philly's going to be able to run. Like, they moved to the Niners a lot last year in the run game, especially on the defensive line. Granted, it was partially because Javon Kinlaw was playing a ton of snaps and he clearly wasn't ready to play. But I don't I don't a hundred percent know that the 49ers have the horses to slow Philly down on the ground. I think they could. Um I think it kind of depends on what the game is like how the game is going. If the if the Eagles get ahead earlier, the Niners like say Brock Purdy throws a pick six. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at a scenario where the Niners are down by a touchdown or 10 points or whatever in the first half. The Eagles are going to run the ball a lot. I mean, they're going to run the ball a lot regardless. But I think the way you have to beat them is force Jalen Hurts to beat you from the pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, he's really good at making plays outside of structure of the offense. He's obviously really good as a running quarterback. Um, and I do think that's that's going to be a really interesting side of this game too is can the, can the 49ers limit Jalen Hurts as a runner because they're going to be designed yeah. runs mm-hmm. and is Steve Wilkes going to dial up some blitzes on third down that end up burning him like the like what happened with Buffalo late in that game on on mm-hmm. Sunday right because that's yeah. like you need to spy Jalen Hurts you just do like he's he's that good that you need to spy him and it feels like, particularly on third down, Steve Wilkes can get a little blitz happy with his linebackers. I know it's he's cooled that down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I just wonder if he's going to feel enticed to do it, try to get make a big play or force a turnover or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if, if that's going to come back to bite them at all because I think the linebackers in large part need to stay home and the 49ers need to try to win with four. Mm-hmm. I think Jordan Mailata is fine. I don't think he's like an elite an elite pass blocker. Like I think the numbers would indicate he hasn't he hasn't been incredible. I think he's an upper crust left tackle, but I don't think he's he's like the same as Lane Johnson. And if Lane Johnson isn't playing, you it looks should like be Lane able. Johnson's gonna play. Okay, well, with with Chase Young, like you feel better about this game with Chase Young because at least you have yeah. you have more athleticism, and you have somebody who can push the pocket. Mm-hmm. and create pressures for other people even if he's not getting sacks and you would right. you know obviously before you got him so this is this is a i mean this is going to be a game where it's chase young's value could become very apparent and whether or not that was a really a really like game-changing deal for the 49ers or just something that yeah. you know they thought they needed to do yeah and i think in that same vein this is something that the Niners have, I think, in the past done a nice job with with Russell Wilson. They've done it well with with Kyler Murray and and containing running quarterbacks. Where And I know they haven't done great against running quarterbacks, but when they have had success, it's when they stay in their rushing lanes and don't let those quarterbacks escape outside the pocket. 
because that's where Jalen Hurts gets really, really dangerous, particularly with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and their ability to, A, win contested catches, but but B, their connection with their quarterback and getting downfield when he gets outside the pocket. Like, that's that's where big, like, game-changing plays can happen. And that's not to say Hurts can't throw it from the pocket, but he's he's, I think, less dangerous when he is he is in that spot and it's kind of a picker poison and if you're gonna pick a way to go out i think it's there where he can't affect you as much with his legs and then like i said with those with those downfield shots because your defensive backs have been scrambling for for six seconds yeah so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if the niners don't have like a ton of sacks but they have an effective game along the defensive line because they're able to contain hurts and and keep from getting outside the pocket the one thing I I I will say, like they haven't really played a mobile quarterback this year outside of Josh Dobbs. Like all the way back in week what was that, week four, week five? No, that yeah, was week, week three. No, it was four. four. Week four. You're right. It was Dan Dan Jones was week, week five. Three Maybe it was the Giants. Yeah. Dak was week five. Um Yeah, so they have had issues with running like mobile quarterbacks in the past. Mm-hmm. And they're, I do think like this version of Jalen hurts is somewhat similar to like peak Russell Wilson in 17, 18, 19. Yeah. Right. That the Niners faced where he would just kill them outside of structure. Like the defense would shut down the initial action of the play. And then Wilson would scramble outside the pocket and then make a ridiculous throw to somebody like hurts can do that. Yeah. Um, so that's it, it's going to be that's going to be really tough. Like containing him and those receivers is going to be really tough. But I think it starts with just defending the run. If you mm-hmm. if you defend the run initially at a high level and you force them to become a little bit more one dimensional, then you put yourself in a much better situation. Because um, like if Jalen, if if all of the Eagles biggest plays offensively are third and seven or more. Right you're going to have a much better time winning that game or a much easier time winning that game than if everything is third and two, third and one, third and three. Right. Yeah. And that comes down to first yeah. and second down, but on those downs specifically stopping the run. Win the turnover battle. Got to be good on first and second down. Those all three phases for me. Oh, all three phases. That's a, you know what? That's a great point. Uh, you one in a big spot, Jake Elliott or Jake Moody. I was just going to ask you, um, scale of one to 10, what was your, con- what's your concern level with the Niners kicking situation? I tell inside of 40 yards two. 40 yards and out nine. It would be like, that's sincere. Like that's honestly, say, that's, that's how I feel. Say it's, say it's raining and say Jake Moody makes four field goals, including a game winner from 46 yards as time expires. Mm-hmm. Does that erase yes. the bad stuff that happened earlier in the season with Jake Moody? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. At least it gets him on the right track. It's like, oh, hey, that's what you want from your kicker that you draft in the third round. Like that kind of dominant performance. For sure. I think it would be good for him to have a game like that before the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And especially to hit a big kick in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually think like if the, I mean, the Niners are going to have more than likely at least one home game, right? Could have, could have yeah, two, could, could have. So, so real I, mean, quick. I guess I couldn't have three, but they couldn't. Oh have yeah. Three. No, it, right. Because they, well, they could, they could have three. If Some weird the stuff two would seed, have to happen. Well, the Eagles, Eagles would have, have to, to get up. Yeah, the Eagles have to get upset, which I guess yeah. is possible. So, have you seen their point differential? They could definitely get upset. Am I right? So, <laughs> no. Um, playoffs, Niners. So, if the Niners win this week, and the Seahawks lose this week, and the Rams lose their next two, it sets up a scenario where the Niners could clinch the NFC West or the win over the Seahawks in week 14. That's nuts. Good Anyways, team. That was all good team. And they're undefeated in, in the division. Yeah. Um, I, the, the reason why I brought up the home games 
Do you think Jake Moody would have more pressure in a home playoff game or a road playoff game? Because I think he would have more pressure in a home playoff game. Ooh. To hit a game-winning kick. Like, he would feel it more. Yeah, yeah, pro- eh, probably. There'd be a lot of super tight sphincters in the South Bay if uh, if Moody had to... Niners are down one, kicking a 46-yarder with the season on the line, rather than at least like when you're on the road, you know everyone's against you. You you can kind of like use that. At home, you're like, man, I really don't want to do this in front of my own fans. I really don't want to blow this. <laughs> I guess. Maybe. I don't know. That's just it's a, like, that's a tough spot regardless. It's like a and I'd you've feel been to very NBA playoff games for him either way. You've been to NBA playoff games. Sometimes they feel like they feel enormous and you're like, oh, the home team will have an advantage. Well, it's like when the visiting team goes on a 12 nothing run. Right. All of a sudden it gets real quiet and real weird. Yeah. In the arena. Like that's kind of what can happen, I think, to like that an NFL. Yeah. Like if you're if you're an NFL kicker trying to save your season, you've had sort of a checkered checkered pass a little bit Mm. doing it in front of your home crowd. I don't know. But Point being, Moody could go a long way towards everyone having more confidence in him if he were to have like a signature, yeah. a signature moment. For sure, for sure. I think this is the reason. I think I think the Niners and Eagles are super evenly matched. I I really really think that the fact that they're the top two seeds in the NFC is right. I think they were really close last year. I think they're really close again this year. That the Niners are favored by three points makes me think that the 49ers are going to win. Because if I was just a neutral observer and I saw that line and I'm saying, you're giving me three points for the 10 and one Eagles and they're at home. I'm hammering the plus three all day and all night and feeling great about it. And every time I did that, when I was betting on sports, I would lose because that's how Vegas makes their money (laughs) because of dummies going just random assholes at their desk, (laughs) just going, Oh, what that that's the line. Like, well, that can't be right. I'm going to bet it now before they fix it. And then you lose because that's what Vegas wants you to do. So Vegas wants me to hammer the Eagles plus three, which means I'm taking the Niners minus three and I feel great about it. Yeah. I I think if this were an NFC championship game, I would feel a little bit different about it. Not that I wouldn't think the Niners could win, but I just think this spot, given that the Eagles have been going through the gauntlet, they played, they played Miami, they played Kansas city, they played Buffalo, right? They've, they've just had all of these like super emotional games. They came off a short week last week to play 92 snaps on defense against Buffalo in overtime and win that game in a game. They Mm -hmm. probably should have lost. They probably should have lost the Kansas city game. I just think eventually it it catches up with you. Like, and so I think the 49ers frankly have a lot more to play for um, because of where they are in the standings relative to the Eagles. I think the Eagles might feel a little bit comfortable with the fact that they have a two game lead on the Niners and that this game won't necessarily decide the one seed if the 49ers win. Mm-hmm. So I think the Niners have more urgency. I think the Eagles are probably a little bit more banged up. I think the Niners are playing at a higher level recently, even though the Eagles have won some of the have won all of these games basically. Yeah. But I'm like I'm of the belief the Niners are the better team, and I think this is a better spot for the Niners. And I think that's what the that's what the odds say. Like the Eagles have been outgained four straight weeks. Yeah. Right. Like they've they've faced double digit deficits. What in the last two games, mm-hmm. and somehow come uh, back to win. I just right. I, I just think that like to do that week in and week out is is exhausting. Yeah. And I think the Niners are just in a spot where like they're pissed off after what happened in the NFC Championship game. Um, they're they know that they basically have to run the table if they're going to get the one seed, which is still the goal of theirs. And the Eagles are like, whatever, we can drop this one. Yeah. Um, and and it, it wouldn't kill their season necessarily. Because I think like I think to I think to a man, if you were to ask 
everybody in the Eagles locker room and everyone in the Niners locker room, like, do you honestly think this is the last time these two teams will match up? And I bet all of them would say, no, nah, we're kind of expecting to play this team again in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. So if that's yeah, the case, sure. inherently human nature is like, yeah, this can't be like the biggest game in the history of regular season games yeah. on December 3rd. But at the same time, but at the same time, human nature also takes over and says these dudes talked so much shit back and forth through the off season that they're sitting there going, Oh, this is one of 16, one of 17 games. Like, uh, like no, that's- I think that favors the Niners though, too. Yeah, yeah, probably like they, they definitely have more to prove in this spot. Yeah. Where the Eagles, it's chest puffed out and you're swaggering and you're like, Oh, we're, we're the better team. Kick their ass in there. I thought Nick Bosa made a funny point. He was like, well, neither of us won the Super Bowl, so neither of us really has anything to say. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Good point, Nick. (laughs) Yeah. Nick's Nick's a philosopher, man. Sure. Maybe maybe not on social media when he was 15 or whatever. There you go. These days, he's, he's a philosopher. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You want to get to prize picks and then get out of here? Let's do it. I feel so good about my prize picks this week. I never I also, feel good about my prize picks. I said put together an entry for the Warriors game tonight. That's fine. Do you want me to go over my Let's... Warriors one too? Why don't we start with the Warriors one? I have Clay less than 18 and a half points. I have Steph more than 19 field goals attempted. I have Draymond less than one and a half offensive rebounds. Kavon Looney less than six and a half points. Ivica Zubac more than eight and a half rebounds and James Harden more than 23 and a half points and assists. Do they have Draymond green technicals listed? No, it's off the board. If it were 0.5, would you go more than or less than? I think you have to go more. Just play the odds. You have to go more. (laughs) Like Draymond conducting himself in a fine manner. I'm out. The Clippers played last night and won. No, I know. I, I'm right there, but no Andrew Wiggins because he slammed his finger in a car door. All right, Brandon Ayuk. Here's my 49ers-Eagles entry with a sprinkle of Warrior at the end. I have Brandon Ayuk more than 61.5 receiving yards, and this is just following the trend. He has been mm. over, then under, then over, then under this number all year. It literally bounces back and forth. So he went under last week with two catches for 50 yards. I am going over 61 and a half receiving yards this week. Debo Samuel, I'm going more than 11 and a half rushing yards. I think they're going to lean on him for four or five carries. And I think he breaks at least one of those for nine or 10 yards. I think he gets more than 11 and a half. That's one of the ways they're going to be able to attack the edges. Jake Moody, I have more than six and a half kicking points. It wouldn't shock me if the 49ers, who have not been awesome in the red zone lately, they were better last week against Seattle, but overall, uh, over the last, since week seven or so, haven't been very good in the red zone. I think Philly's defense is good enough that you could see the Niners stall out a few times, and we see just two Jake Moody field goals and a touchdown. That gets you to seven. I'm I'm there. Are you, the are you becoming a Jake Moody stan? No. Are you standing for Jake Moody right now? No, I just think he's capable of hitting a couple of short field goals and then making an extra point. Now you're swinging the other way from that. No, absolutely not. From that comment, okay. That comment no. you got on the internet. No, 
no, it was a bad pick. And he has not performed well enough. Like it's just, that's that's the reality of the situation. But it's six and a half <laughs> points in a game where I think the Niners might stall out in the red zone a couple times. Give me two field goals and an extra point. I'm more than seven. That's light work. Although I think it's interesting that Prize Picks has this at six and a half kicking points for Jake Moody. And it's funny that they say kicking points so he can't like randomly score a touchdown. It has to be kicking. To me, the six and or a half. Or making a tackle. What? Or making a tackle. Well, he wouldn't get a, he wouldn't score for getting a tackle. You get fantasy points for tackles. This is not fantasy points. Oh, just kicking points. Yes. Okay. That's why I said it's fun that they, come on, come on. So (laughs) the six and a half leads me to believe that they think the 49ers are going to score a bunch of touchdowns where it's like a field goal. And then it's, you're going to kick three or four extra points because like I said, six and a half, that's two field goals and an extra point. I think they think the Niners are going to score some touchdowns. All right. DeAndre Swift, we talked about this earlier with the Eagles run game. I think they're going to be able to run it a little bit, especially if it's raining. I think they're going to try and run it a little bit. DeAndre Swift, 50 and a half rushing yards. I like him to go more than that number. And then Jalen Hurts, I like him to go more than 10 rush attempts. There will be a couple designed runs. There will be a couple of scrambles. You sprinkle in some tush pushes. And then if the Eagles win, maybe you get a couple of cheap ones on kneel downs at the end. I like him to go more than 10 rushing attempts. And then to round this out to make it six, because with prize picks, you pick two to six players, and then you pick more or less on their stat projections. I'm going Clay Thompson, less than half an offensive rebound. I don't think Clay's going to pull down an offensive board tonight. Okay. great about it. And that's it. All right. That's my prize picks entry. And when he goes six, um, it's an automatic flex. So if I miss one or two, I still get a little money back. Um. All right. I'm going power play because, of course. Obviously, you're you just just, just gonna power. win it all back at once. Just yeah. gonna win it all back at once. That's the right um, way. That's the right way to to go about playing daily fantasy. Yeah, and gambling in general. Just like, well, I've lost a bunch, so let's just keep you know throwing it on the pile and just trying to trying to win it all back in in one fell swoop. Right. Um, but so also power in play. daily fantasy, which is what prize picks is. Right. Yes. Correct. Um. <laughs> Brock Purdy, two hundred fifty-two and a half yards. I'm going less than that. Um. Not to say he won't have a good game. Not to say he won't throw a couple touchdown passes or three. I just, with the weather, with how much the 49ers lean on the running game, uh, I just don't really see a scenario. I don't see the scenario where he's throwing for more than that. And I'm doing another Brock Purdy pick um play here uh pass attempts they have 31 and a half he's only had more than 31 and a half pass attempts once this season and that was week three against the giants so i'm definitely going less than that i thought that number was crazy Hmm. um aj brown i'm going less than 73 and a half uh receiving yards um aj brown's last three games 37 yards eight yards 66 yards he had that stretch from September 25th to October 29th where he went 130, 175, 127, 131, 137, 130. God. But since then, it's been 66, 8, and 37. Um, I think that trend continues. I think uh, Mooney Ward matches up with him well in terms of just the type of corner that you would want to have to defend A.J. Brown. And I think Devontae Smith has been coming on of late. I think he's probably more dangerous given his skill set to the 49ers secondary i think the 49ers probably probably struggle more with speed and athleticism than like the big powerful guys i think they can they can hang with the big powerful guys yeah um so i i am fading aj brown a little bit i'm going less than 73 and a half uh yards for him so brock mm-hmm. purdy less than 252 and a half passing yards less than 31 and a half attempts, which is just, I feel like that's, that's like the easiest of the season. Um, and AJ Brown, less than 73 and a half receiving yards. I love that for you. Thank I you like so all much. those picks. I think this is the week you get it all back. Um, from the text line, our guy, Nate quote, 
I capital hate the tush push, but I'd much prefer the NFL to ban that cadence before anything else. I don't know what that means. What's he talking about? I believe he's talking about Dak Prescott's cadence. Oh, okay. So he's not watching the live stream then. Correct. I believe because okay. his earlier text message said, yeah, here we go. And then dash Dak attributing that quote to Dak. I'm guessing on the television broadcast of Thursday Night Football, you heard Dak say those things. And I think Nate was saying that he'd rather the NFL ban Dak's cadence than the tush push. Shout out to the homie Nate. Glance in the cut and we see the homie Nate. Right, out on the Nate tush push. All right, Nate Dog. All right. That's I'm ready for this game to happen so we can so we can stop talking about I'm what we think is gonna happen. Brother, I am so excited to overreact. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna have takes on Sunday night. Yeah. Win or lose. It's gonna be great. The 49ers are either going to win the Super Bowl or I'm having them trade Brock Purdy. File Kyle, fire Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, dude. Those are my two. Those are my two. It's like, if he can't beat the top dogs, then what's he doing as a coach? I can't wait to say something like that. Or like, if you don't have Brock Purdy as a top five quarterback right now, I just don't know what football you're watching. One <laughs> of those two things is going to come out of my mouth and I can't, I'm really excited about it. I'm going to be an expert takesman on Sunday night. It's a big game. We got to lock in. Rory in the uh, in the YouTube chat says Dak has the most obnoxious cadence in the NFL. Shout out to Rory, big Rory guy. Um, right. I have nothing else to say. I have no takes on Dak's cadence. I'll go turn on Prime now though. To my to hey, me. real quick, I want to apologize to everybody for talking about next week's Seattle game. Got to focus on this week. <laughs> one week at a time. One week at a time. We can we cannot <laughs> we cannot look too far ahead. We're we're a one week at a time podcast. That's Sunday's going to be a big for game. Straying from our mission. We have we have a really big podcast coming up Sunday night. Um, we cannot look past that. So no. all of the energy from here on out is going to be devoted towards that podcast Sunday night. Yeah, and then we'll we'll think about Seattle. Yeah. All right. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.